it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main web address. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to find the bargains. Coming up in today's Clark Rageous Moment, would paying $629 for a Band-Aid fit is something that would be on Clark Deals? You know it wouldn't. It's today's Clark Rage. I'll tell you how that could possibly happen. And coming up a half hour from now, government becoming more efficient and doing its job for less. That's what politicians talk about. They campaign on it. They put it in their, uh, their uh, bulletins to their constituents. But there's one place that's actually making that happen And it shows the possibilities I want to share with you in just a half hour. I want to talk right now about something that I do some of, but is going to become more and more part of how businesses connect to us. If you are really loyal to a business, they are going to offer you something that creates more profit for them and possibly some savings for you. Starbucks is teaching everybody in industry the value of a well-thought-out app. Starbucks has its online ordering system and its app that gives rewards. You can order on it. You can pay on it. And then you get freebies from it. The popularity of it is so large that it has ended up disrupting operations inside Starbucks locations. Because you got people who ordered on the app, walk inside, and they create like a rugby scrum of people. Then you have the mere mortals who walk in and stand in a line to order their food and or drinks or whatever they get at Starbucks. I don't drink coffee, so immediately I said food. (laughs) Their coffee or whatever they're getting. And then they have to go wait in a second line to wait for it. The advantage, obviously, going to the people who are ordering on the app. So Starbucks is getting steadily better at executing this. And one-third, according to Barron's Magazine, one-third of all Starbucks orders are now being paid for over their phone app. So you are going to see with Starbucks being kind of like, uh, obviously an innovator, an early thinker, along with some others. I told you months ago about the enormous success Panera Bread is having with this as well. I think even more success than Starbucks is having. So you're going to see a steady rollout and the rewards the free food, the free beverages, the free whatever are going to go to those most loyal customers. Why? Because people that download the app are far more likely to come and come again to that particular business and they'll buy more stuff at that business. 
and not everybody's app is going to do that, going to bring people in, going to make that difference. But I told you before, it's made a difference for Domino's Pizza. Domino's has really come back to be a powerhouse again because of the success they've had with the phone ordering the online app. And I use one from Chick-fil-A, if you're familiar with the, the chicken sandwich people. And so I went in there the other day at lunchtime. And, you know, at lunchtime, you have a line to order that you think they were giving everything away and paying you to eat it at the same time. And they have this little thing over in the corner that says, pick up order. It's like a pylon that hangs from the ceiling. So I walk around all these people waiting to order and just go stand there. And because on the app, you say you're there, they prepare your order. Before I can get to the counter, somebody shouts out, Clark. And I'm like, here I am. And I hand my food. And these other people looking at me like, you are such a jerk. How did you do that? But you can do that as well. And then you get the free shakes and the free chicken sandwiches and all that in the reward program. These things are much simpler, more streamlined than the now impossible to redeem frequent flyer programs the airlines run. Tyler's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Tyler. Hey, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Tyler. So you are someone in quest for more knowledge and how to handle your money. Is that true? This is very true. Well, All right. Um, so I'm looking for more financial sources to read to fill up my spare time. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you were the man to come through for that. Uh, you recommended the Financial Times London, the Wall Street Journal, and the New York Times. Yeah, the yeah. Financial Times of London is my absolute favorite. It is, if you want to get good fundamental knowledge about how investing works, how how the financial system works here and overseas, nothing comes close as a publication to the Financial Times of London. But I will yeah. tell you, it's full nerd alert when you're sitting there reading the pink, pink or salmon or whatever color that is. When you're reading that thing, it's like, what is that? And why'd you put your newspaper through the laundry and get that funny color on it? But it is, it is really the best. Um, I'm also, I'm studying to become a CPA. Are those good sources for that? To, um, help, me, uh, to help me get some financial information? It, it will, there's a lot of information about uh, companies and what's going on with their financials. And a lot of the stories will dig deep into the financial, um, the P&Ls of companies. I mean, it's a, it's a serious read. But there's, if you just want also to just steadily amp up your knowledge, there's a website I want you to know about called HumbleDollar.com. HumbleDollar. And HumbleDollar is done by a guy named Jonathan Clements who's a British guy. Gosh, there's a British theme here, isn't there? <laughs> First, the Financial Times of London, and then Jonathan Clements. But he, he writes about money and investing in just the simplest, clearest terms. And okay. I, I just love his stuff. Okay. Um, I also had a part two to the question, if you have time. Sure. 
Um, I have a really long commute. It's about three to five hours every time I work, and I'm looking for a new, another podcast after yours, of course, um, of a trusted financial advisor because I, I was recommended you by my accounting teacher. Shout out to Professor Morgan. Um, so I'm just looking for another, another one to fill up my time. Well, you know, with podcasts, you're going to have to like the style of somebody, but I really like the approachable way that Paula Pant does does her stuff, and the website, the podcast is actually, go to the website, affordanything.com. Affordanything.com. Yeah, and if I were to guess, uh, she's, she's... fully in the millennial thing and her content is very much geared towards millennials okay so but again you may not like her style but i think that's a, a good one to try awesome that is fantastic thank you for taking my call clark sure and remember if you want to be as much of a nerd as i am you will read the financial times all right i'll get a subscription today all right Eric's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Eric. Hi, Clark. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Well, great to have you here. And you are of a mind to save money. I'm trying to. Um, Also trying to buy a house, though, and it's not always easy to do both. I wanted to ask your opinion about the best place to park money for a house down payment. I can put some of it in my Roth. I can put it all to a high-yield online bank or some combination of both. But I wanted to ask if you ever recommend dipping into Roth contributions for a down payment, or if you would say to keep those things separate, even if it might mean that I don't contribute the maximum to my Roth for a couple of years. Great question, and there is no right answer to that question. Because because the great thing is that you're of a mind and a mentality that you're going to live on less than what you make. And then we're only talking about the strategy of where the money's going to go so that you can reach your goal of having that house. So there, there's really not a thing that says automatically put the money you're going to use for the down payment on the house and the Roth or automatically put it in savings. Here's how I would make that decision. How soon are you interested in buying the house? Probably one to three years. One to three years, keep it simple. Uh, Take the money that you're going to save for down payment and just stick it in an online savings account and earn your one and a quarter percent or whatever it is. Will do. The tax that that'll generate on the earnings is so teensy tiny and the simplicity of having access to the money typically on 48 hours notice just makes more sense than putting it in a Roth with the real intention of being pulling the money out to buy a house. Because you're not going to earn enough in you know a couple of years to make it worth jumping through the hoops to put that money in a Roth. Gotcha. So, that sounds good. And good job on living on less than what you make and saving up the money. The more money you save towards the down payment on the house, the more affordable your payments come and you hit a point where you don't even have to have that nasty private mortgage insurance if you come up with enough down payment money. Matt is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Matt. Hey, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. It's great to have you here. What's going on, Matt? 
Well, I had a question uh, regarding, I've been using an app actually for a while that actually I like, and I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called Digit, that actually lets you save money uh, into maybe a rainy day fund or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I'm you either heard of that or if there's other related uh, programs or apps out there that you would recommend for that. No, Digit is great because it gets you to save money. And the idea is that you're segregating money for something you're trying to accomplish. And if you do want to go ahead and grab the money, you can. But they use artificial intelligence to make sure that as they force money into savings, the goal is not to trip you up, that you end up overdrawing your checking account. Right. I like that. One of their features was you can actually set a minimum on your account. So if you happen to fall too low or be getting trouble, they won't pull any money out for you automatically. So when I first talked about Digit, and I should give your fellow listener the web address, digit.co, not digit, uh, dot that other one. It's digit.co. And I, I'm really thrilled with what they do. I mean, it's not cheap. It's $35 a year to have a Digit account. But what they do for you with essentially using artificial intelligence and forced savings to help you meet your goals, I think is wonderful. And I've liked it too a couple of times. It just I've had to pull out the money because it was for something or, I mean, they call it a rainy day fund, so it's there for an emergency, but when you pull up the account of what you've got in there, it really does add up after a while. So how much have you accumulated to this point, Matt? I've tested this app for close to six months now, but uh, I'd say I've accumulated somewhere around six $700 just in savings out of the blue. And, and isn't that great? Just a little bit here, a little bit there. You don't even feel the change in your lifestyle. But over time, you end up with significant savings. I mean, just six months. So you're, you're effectively saving $100 a month that you weren't saving before. I love that. As I've said to you for years, as we argue about health care and been arguing since last decade, the number one problem we have in the United States is what we're paying for health care, far more as a share of our national income than any other developed country. And we spend, when I say far more, we spend roughly double our national wealth on health care of any other wealthy country. It's broken. Let me give you an example. Wait till you hear what's going on in today's Clark Rage. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. So this was a blog report, and I'd like to see the actual bill to make sure this is completely true, although the reporter seems to have been very thorough on the Vox blog. But this dad takes his one-year-old daughter to the local emergency room, and the young daughter's finger got cut was bleeding parents get nervous they go to the hospital doctor says she's going to be fine runs her finger in the tap puts a band-aid on her finger and the band-aid was billed at 629 dollars 629 dollars i mean we're way past five dollar tylenol or advil for a pill so i was figuring I could make a difference in health care in this country. I will go to Dollar Tree 
and I will buy out their supply of Band-Aids, Band-Aid brand, all the others, and I could just go to the hospital and I'll donate them. Because, you know, at Dollar Tree, most of the, the boxes of Band-Aids, what's the generic word for Band-Aids? I don't remember. You got 40 for a dollar. So they're two and a half cents each. The hospital charges 629 Think about that. Two cents, $629. Is there something wrong with health care? Obviously, we're all arguing who we're going to take coverage away from. What we really need to be looking is what are we going to do to make health care more efficient and more affordable in the United States? Thank you for coming to our show as part of your day. I appreciate it so much when you come to visit and we learn together ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, web address, and Clark.com slash ask is where you go to ask questions. That's of me. You also can ask questions of our team. We provide free off-the-air advice, and that's available to you 45 hours each week. You see how to call in hours available on the main screen of Clark.com. Scroll down just a little bit, and you'll see the info how to get the free off-the-air advice. It has been really the dream of people for as far back as I can remember to have government-provided services that it provides more efficiently at lower cost. And politicians promise it ad nauseum that they're going to make government work better they're going to make government more efficient blah 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 and then it never seems to happen except i must tell you that i am ecstatic about something that seems to be working in colorado there's something known as the denver peak academy which uses techniques that consultants do that serve corporations to try to make corporate entities more efficient and they have been able to do quite a bit in Colorado to make a difference in what it's like for a consumer a taxpayer and what it's like for the cost of the services that government provides I read a a fantastic story in the Denver Post about the results they've been able to get and listen to just some examples all right so raise your hand if you enjoy going to the dmv i don't see any hands anywhere i remember last time i went to the driver's license place which in some states is part of dmv others is separate and the place was filthy run down the bathrooms didn't work and the waiting area had a sea of humanity i mean no private business would run itself that way unless it was a monopoly oh by the way that is true government's a monopoly oh my idea always with driver's licenses and dmv and all that kind of thing is put them out for competitive contracts and have more than one private operator that consumers can go to 
Let them charge within a range what they want to charge. And the marketplace would figure out who's doing a good job, who's not. Taxpayers would save money. Government would be out of doing those things. And everybody would be happy. Well, that's my pie in the sky, libertarian kind of stuff. So let's get to where we are right now. And that is, you got this thing called the DMV. Well, listen to what they were able to do. They were able to cut the wait times from an hour and 20 minutes down to 20. 80 minutes to 20. Simply by coming in, observing, and reordering how it's done. In the city of Denver, getting a, a business license used to take three hours now takes less than 20. There's a theme here, less than 20. And there's example after example after example of what the Denver Peak Academy has done. Now, often when there's something promising one place in the country, it doesn't translate somewhere else because the politicians may say they want things to be efficient, but they don't really mean it. But I'll give you another example. There's a suburban community in metropolitan Atlanta called Sandy Springs. And Sandy Springs runs one of the most efficient local governments in the United States. Great service delivery generally at extremely low cost compared to normal. How do they do it? They outsource almost everything that the city does and they put the contract up for bid every 36 months so nobody can get too comfortable if they're not doing a good job they're tossed out we can make government more efficient we just have to have the will and the desire to make it happen jason joins us on the clark howard show hello jason hey clark how are you doing today great thank you jason so jason for taking my call today I got to tell you, you and I are very different people (laughs) because you want to talk about ultra fancy athletic shoes. Is that true? That is true. That is true. So I have in my hand right now the Lidl flyer. I don't know if you know what Lidl is, L-I-D-L. It's a European supermarket chain that's right now in North and South Carolina and Virginia, and they're going to move around the country. And one of their main items this week is athletic shoes. Get them while they last, $19.99 for men and women. Now, you, on the other hand, are interested in athletic shoes that cost how much? I'm not interested, but they are athletic shoes that cost over $200. And these are for my son. So your son could have 10 pair from, from Lidl. (laughs) <laughs> or have one of these fancy shoes. That's exactly it. I, I'm more in, in line with you. I'd buy my sneakers at the middle aisle at Aldi if I could. But oh, have, found, have you ever bought those middle aisle athletic shoes at Aldi? I haven't, no. I, I saw them recently, and I tried them on, and they just didn't feel comfortable for my foot. But they yeah, were they were fourteen ninety nine, weren't they? <laughs> I think so, yeah. So here you got your son who wants to spend more than two hundred dollars. Here's the thing, he already did. But what we oh. found is that oh. he didn't wear them. He already he outgrew them. 
before you even put him on his feet. Oh, man. How old is your son <laughs> spending money like that? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Oh. I'm nervous. Okay. So what we found, though, was a website that would offer to buy them. We just have to ship the shoes there, sight unseen, and then, I guess, wait for them to sell them and send us the cash. Okay, there are now uh, there are a number of these sites that sell the high end athletic shoes. Legit or no? They the reviews on them are very mixed. Yeah, uh, you you don't see any of them where person after person says this is great, and a lot of it has uh, a lot of them have customer service kind of gripes from people. I'm going to name four of them, and then I'm going to give you what would be my favorite way to dispose of these. Great. All right, so there's uh, the one that's probably best known is flightclub.com. Yep. There's another one called kickscrew.com, K-I-C-K-S, crew.com. There's another one, kickscluive, K-I-X-C-L-U-S-I-V-E.com. And those three are familiar to me. Joel uh, mentioned another one, holygrailgoods.com, H-O-L-Y, grail, G-R-A-I-L, goods.com. Thank you. All right. I'll be looking at them all. All right. Now, I actually would recommend a whole different thing. This is going to sound so like five years ago, but I would sell them on eBay. Okay. Because you got such a large marketplace there, you're keeping possession of them till the time of sale. And although something can go wrong for your son as a seller on eBay, it's just such a well-known and recognized site that I think you got a better shot of everything working as it should. Great. Thank you so much. And i got to take your son to Clark Re-Education Camp and well, teach him. see every day, too, along with me. So. Well, i got to teach him that these $20... The difference between his $200 ones that he never wore and these $20 ones, you know what the difference is? No. A swoosh, maybe? $180. (laughs) That's all you got to know. Ted is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ted. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Ted. You have a very interesting thing to share with your fellow listener, don't you? I do. I've, I've been a fan for a long time, and I've listened, listened to your show forever, and I've had my credit frozen for, I can't remember how long it's been since it's been frozen. And I haven't had an issue, but I just got a letter this week in the mail from some obscure bank that I've never heard of saying that I've been declined for a credit card because my credit is frozen. So I don't know if there's anything else that I need to do with it, if I should put a fraud alert on my account. Or no, what, that's what fantastic. That's fantastic, yeah. Ted. Because that's I'm what glad you, it worked that way, and yeah. it meant the system worked exactly how credit freeze is supposed to work. Now, let me tell you, it's even better. There's no inquiry on your credit report that would have been if, let's say, a fraudster had applied for a card at this bank, and mm-hmm. even if it got declined, you would have had a hard inquiry on your credit report, and the industry right. still has no procedure in place to allow for removal of those false hard inquiries when it's because of identity theft. There should be a a law 
and a standard requirement that a fake hard inquiry is automatically removed because that inquiry lowers your credit score. You'll find yours doesn't even reflect this. Right. I have the Credit Karma, and it shows nothing on that. So I just wasn't sure if I should be concerned or if I can just... Hey, I'm glad it's in place. It's nothing, no harm, no foul. Should I just move on, or do I, do I need to do anything else? You don't need to do anything else. Now, I will tell you that that if somebody has tried once, they may well try again, but they're not right. going to get anywhere on that because your credit's frozen. Now, there are things outside of credit that somebody attempting to be you can can do that would cause some mischief. But you know, I don't even want to get into those possibilities because they're generally remote enough so you by putting those precautions in place have done the right thing so one question for you Mm -hmm. has doing credit freeze ever been a hassle for you having it in place it's a slight hassle if you want to go uh open a new line of credit but it it's far far outweighs the the risk that you're you're doing It's, it's so easy to do you do it all online. It costs $10 per bureau. It's, I'm so happy to have it in place. It's never caused me any pain. Ted, 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 your state stabbed you in the back by making credit freeze <laughs> $10 per bureau? I know. Yes, it kills me. It's Wisconsin. So the state of Wisconsin could do better by its citizens. Because that's, even though, I mean, it's $30. It should be nothing, but 30 is the highest, highest for the highest in the country, and it is inexcusably high, and the legislature in the state of Wisconsin should be embarrassed and ashamed of itself that you protecting yourself from an identity thief has to spend that much money. But I'm glad Credit Freeze did its job. If you want to know more about Credit Freeze and the power it brings into your life, Look at my credit freeze guide at Clark.com. Dan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Dan. Hello. Hi. Discover's being nice to you, huh? I would think so. What have they done? Well, I just got an email yesterday saying that they're offering me a savings account interest rate of 1.15% annual percentage rate plus a $200 bonus for signing up. And right now, my bank account in Oklahoma is paying me 0.15% on savings interest. So the question is, what's the catch? There is no catch. The reality is the online banks have to compete for every customer, and they do it by paying a real rate of interest. But the, the traditional banks have decided that their customers are, I apologize for the term, but the banks have decided their customers are lazy and creatures of habit. So they take advantage of you and take advantage of that and pay you essentially zero on your savings. So if Discover will pay you 1.15% and give you a $200 cash bonus, grab the money. And then, and then think about this, Dan. If your bank took advantage of you on this, what next are they going to take advantage of you over? You should go look for a credit union or maybe start doing all your banking with an online bank. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel asks it for you. What you got, Joel? Clark Amy wrote in. She said, do you have any recommendations for credit counseling organizations for senior adults? A friend of mine has $15,000 in credit card debt, and I really want to find an organization to help her with consolidation of payments, etc." I'm really sorry that a senior citizen's facing the credit card debt problem. This is very common today. And the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, nfcc.org, that is the main, um, we call accreditation and referral agency for credit counseling, their affiliates do a huge amount of their credit counseling with senior citizens. The basic services generally are free. The more advanced services cost almost nothing. It's a legit, great way to get help. Again, nfcc.org. All right. And Rick wrote, he says, what uh, is a 702J retirement plan? And is it legit? And is it worth starting now that I'm 63 years old? I don't think I've ever gotten to do this on an Ask Clark. That is one of the sleaziest come-ons ever. When somebody's touting a 702J plan like it's some kind of incredible, secret, wonderful retirement thing, what it actually is, it's somebody trying to get in to see you to peddle one of those horrendous, awful, variable life policies, universal life policies, variable universal life policies that are... Just about the worst invention ever from the insurance industry. In fact, I don't know what would be worse. Oh, yeah, I do. Extended warranties on electronics. That would probably come in as worse than any of these clowns out there peddling 702Js, which is just a much made-up malarkey to take advantage of you. So beware, be wary, and run away. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews.